Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Clinton United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Michael. I'm happy to see you here today um, and thankful for those who may be listening to this later on on our podcast or our call-in number um, or if you're uh, out in your cars listening via our uh, wireless transmitter to your radio. Uh, today is the 14th Sunday after Pentecost. Um, we are in what is called normal time. Um, even though it probably doesn't feel like normal time. Um, I'm going to hand things over to Nancy, and she's going to tell you about some stuff going on. Good morning. Good morning. We have a few messages today. Um, most of you probably know that Nancy Warren has passed away, and she's going to be have her funeral at Handler's in Clinton at 11 a.m. this Saturday, September 4th, and then they'll go to the cemetery, and then they'll come back here for the luncheon, which will be about 1 p.m., and there is a sign-up sheet in the gym. So if anybody's willing to help or bring something, they'd like you to sign up. And the tables from the Rummery's sale are in the hallway. There's one big one that is here that belongs to someone, but that's in the room that we do the dishes in because it was too big to tote around. Dishes from the last dinner are on a cart in the gym. So if you've got dishes here, they're in, on a cart in the gym. I would like to extend a great big thank you to everybody that helped with the rummage sale. As you know, we were scheduled to do it uh, with the US 12 yard sales, and we lost power. So we pushed it back a week, knowing that Linda and I, who were chairing it, were not going to be around the weekend that we decided to do it. But gracefully, uh, Jody and Shirley th said they would step up and help. Well, they had a whole bunch of people helping them. We raised 6000 $244.45. And we were able to bless a few different charities. We had baby clothes that went to the Baptist Church down the street for their clothes closet. We sent adult clothes to Blessings and More in um, Adrian. We donated some of our books and DVDs and VHSs to the Friends of the Clinton Library. We had things go to Goodwill, and we also have a couple boxes of stuff to go to the Care Pregnancy Center of Lenaway. So thank you for all your help, your donations, or your actual physical help. It was quite the success. Should I finish, Pastor? Yeah. OK. Um, the school supplies up here. Uh, if you have any, you can bring them in, but um, Diane Gieske said she wants me to announce that she's going to start taking them to the school Monday, the 30th, so she's going to possibly do it during that week, but um, we don't have much time. If you do have something at home you want to bring in, or it, it'd be good to get it as soon as you can. And... Uh,
I guess there's nothing I, I I don't know are we still going to try to be under the pavilion if the weather's good or um I'm inclined to think we'll be in here more often than not yeah um but will the ad board will keep looking at things okay and they need garden help uh they're gardening on Tuesday mornings at 9.30. And if you have any questions, you can call Lucy Tressler at 423-8097. And they're still collecting plastic caps, but they want, to, want you to rinse them and, and they should be clean. And they are not collecting lids or they aren't collecting all recycled material. It just has to, it has to be the caps. And also, Linda, is getting a cookbook together and her you can give it to the ushers when you come in on sunday or you can uh, email linda it's in your bulletin so now if you'll stand and join me to the call to worship fling wide the temple gates open up the ancient doors the mighty and glorious one is coming who is this mighty and glorious one? This is the Lord from whom we have waited. Let's be glad, glad rejoice, God. God. The first hymn this morning is He Touched Me on page 367 in your red hymnals. Something 
Join me in the opening prayer. God of all, all glory, we gather, gather here, here today, today with, with the, the saints, saints of every time and place to honor and praise your holy name. As you have revealed your mercy and might to your faithful people in every age, so let us glimpse, even through our tears, the mystery of your life-giving grace and the love that even death cannot destroy through Jesus Christ, Alpha and Omega. Amen. Can I just make one more announcement? Um, after church this morning, we have lunch prepared in the gym, hamburgers, hot dogs, chips, and ice cream. It's all by donation. Please plan on joining us in the gym. Thank you. Your next hymn is I Love to Tell the Story, found on page 156 in your hymnals. Jesus 
be seated, and I invite you to join me in our prayer for illumination. Almighty God, your word is life, and your promise is trustworthy and true. By the power of your Holy Spirit, write your word upon our hearts, so that we may be your new creation, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The first scripture reading today is Revelations 21, verses 1 through 6. The new heaven and the new earth. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also, he said, 
write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the word of God for the people of God. And you say, thanks be to God. Who will enter the presence of the Lord? Who will stand in this holy place? Those who offer their whole lives to God, heart, mind, soul, and strength, they will receive the blessing of the Lord. We will now collect our offering. Please rise and join in our doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye. Father, Son, and 
The earth belongs to you, O God, the world and all its people. For the blessings of this life and the gift of your salvation, we give you thanks and praise. As you have sought us out to save us, help us to seek your face among our neighbors, so that all may know the wonder of your love through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You may be seated, and it is now our youth time. If our youth and children would come on up with your backpacks, if you brought them, and sit in one of the chairs uh, in the semicircle here. How you guys doing? Today's your cousin's birthday. That sounds pretty cool. Gotcha. Are you going to bring that mask with you so you can be a shark in the water? I think you should. I think it would look really cool. All right. <coughs> so, what's going on tomorrow? Is something happening tomorrow? I feel like something's happening tomorrow. What's happening tomorrow? It's the first day of school. Wow. What grade are you going to be in? Third in kindergarten. That's pretty cool. Did you know a long time ago, I went to school and I was in third grade and I was in kindergarten once. I actually remember my kindergarten teacher. She was really cool. I can't remember her name, but she was really cool. I don't remember third grade very much. <laughs> and do you know what else? Everybody else in here, at one time or another, they were in school too. Some of them still are. And, and pretty much all of them, I'm pretty sure, were in kindergarten or third grade. And there are other people in this room who were teachers, and some still are teachers. School is a really, really big part of, of our lives. We spend a big part of our day there when we're in school and we learn a lot of stuff. That's where we make a lot of our friends. And there's just so much to learn. And you guys might decide when you get done with high school that you want to go on to college or a trade school. And then there's more stuff to learn there. And if you're a real glutton for punishment, you might go back for a graduate degree, like I did. <laughs> what do you think it was like when Jesus went to school? Do you think Jesus went to school? He did. Jesus went to school. He learned all kinds of stuff. But he learned stuff that's kind of different than what you guys get to learn in school. He, he was learning a lot about... Um, the Jewish life and their faith. Um, I don't 
I don't think they had a lot of the same classes we get now. Um, I don't know if he even got recess. That's kind of a bummer. Um, but he might have, I don't know, I wasn't there. Um, so it's gonna be the first day of school tomorrow. Are you nervous? Oh, they have toys at your school? That's pretty cool. My last school didn't have toys. Yeah. Although, when I was in school, we found ways to make our own toys, but we're not going to go into that because your parents will get mad at me. Um, so you, are you, you said you're a little nervous, maybe? But are you excited? Yeah. You excited to play with the toys? Yeah. Oh. So do you know what other school is going to be starting? Not tomorrow, but in a few weeks? Sunday school. Sunday school is going to start up again in a couple weeks. I want to say that. 12th. Can someone? Yes, I'm seeing head shaking. Yes. Okay, good. Um, so you're going to get to go to Sunday school soon, too. And you know what? Not only are Miss Kelly and Miss Linda going to be teaching Sunday school, we have another Sunday school teacher. Do you know who it is? Who is it? Mr. Todd, that's right. He's going to help teach Sunday school, too. And we have a couple people who are going to vo volunteer to help out to fill in if one of our Sunday school teachers can't be here one week. So there are just a lot of people who are really excited about Sunday school, not just you guys. I know I'm excited because Sunday school was awesome and you get to learn so many cool things. And in fact, today we're blessing our backpacks and we're going to bless all these school supplies but we're gonna bless some more stuff too because I feel like we don't, we don't bless each other and bless things in the world enough. It's something I think they used to do a long time ago when Jesus was around and before him, but I don't feel like we do it enough anymore in everyday life. So we're gonna bless a bunch of stuff today. So I would love if any of our Sunday school teachers who are here and willing and able, if they would come on and hang out up here for a minute, and any of our helpers who would want to come on up and hang out, and then also any of our teachers, not just Sunday school teachers, but any of our teachers, whether you teach here in Clinton or any other school district, um, if you would come on up, because I can't remember who all those faces are at the moment. All right, are you guys ready? All right, we're gonna first, we're gonna bless all our teachers, then we're gonna bless our supplies, and then we're gonna bless our backpacks, and maybe we'll bless something else, all right? Can you guys, can you fold your hands? Okay. Dear Lord, we thank you so much 
for all of our teachers, for our Sunday school teachers and our regular school teachers and all of our teachers' aides and the other helpers in our classrooms, for our principals and for all of the people that work in the school office, like the secretaries and the nurses and all of the people who work to keep our schools clean and well-maintained, including all the janitors and, and other people. God, we thank you so much for all that they do, and we ask that you would bless them and walk with them this school year. We ask that you would help keep them safe, give them lots of energy and excitement um, so that we can be excited and full of energy too. But we also ask that you give them periods of rest because we know sometimes there's so much energy and, and so much excitement that it can be overwhelming. And we ask that our teachers and our parents, when they have to get together and talk, that they could be graceful and merciful and loving conversations that everybody would listen and hear each other out and show each other compassion. And we just pray that it would be a year that when we get to the end, we can look back at and celebrate and have learned so much because of the dedication and the passion of all of our teachers and all of the people who work in our schools and in our Sunday schools. We thank you so much. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. I'm going to let all of our teachers go back to their seats if they'd like, or you can hang out. It's up to you. Um, now, here's something else I need you guys to do. Can you guys stand up and come over by the table? And I want you to put, put your hands out like this by the table. Can you do that? Because we're going to bless everything. Perfect. All right, here we go. Jesus, we thank you so much for all the great things we're going to learn this year. And in the way we learn, some of the ways we learn, we get to use things like crayons and markers and glue sticks and folders and notebooks and post-it notes and all kinds of fun stuff. And we ask that you would use these school supplies, that they would get to the people who, who need them the most, people who might not have um, enough money or, or people who just might not be able to get some of the stuff they need. And we ask that not only will they be able to learn in using all these great tools, but that it would bring them joy and happiness and excitement and would make their hearts full. We thank you for everyone who donated these supplies and for people who may donate stuff later on. And we ask that it would just be, all these things would be really helpful in our classrooms and when we're doing our homework and other stuff. We thank you so much. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Now, let's do our backpacks. Can you go buy your backpack? Or if you don't have it with you, uh, just, just fold your hands. Okay? Holy God, we ask that these backpacks would be carriers of many things. We ask that they would help us carry our supplies and our books. We also ask that they would 
Help us carry our knowledge, our joy, and most importantly, help us to carry our love for one another. We ask that these backpacks may be something that maybe helps start a conversation between two people who don't know each other, that they could become friends. We ask that our backpacks be something that may not weigh us down, but help lift us up. We also pray that our backpacks will last through the whole school year, because we know sometimes we can be a little rough on our backpacks, and they can wear out fast. And it's okay if they do, and if they do, we know we can come and bless those new backpacks if we need to. Pastor Michael promises. But we ask that just, the way, just in the way that you carry our burdens and you lift us up, may these backpacks do the same for us in all of our schoolwork and other things that we do. Whether they're covered in space things like stars and astronauts or mythical creatures like unicorns who are dancing or Paw Patrol characters or whatever it may be. Help us to always see our backpacks as something good that holds a lot of good things and things that can bring us joy. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, now, hold on, because there's more. But wait, there's more. So, Miss Dottie, who could not be here today, made you guys some new tags for your backpacks. And so, what I want to do is give you each one of these to put on your backpack, or your lunchbox, or, or whatever you might want to do. because there's a bunch. And then, if you want, I was going to see if you guys wanted to take a couple to give to some of your friends at school. You don't have to, but if you want to, you can take a couple. And you can even hold on to them during the year, and if you make a new friend, you could give them to them whenever. Does that sound good? Can we do that? All right, why don't you come up and take at least one for your backpack, or you could get one for your backpack and your lunch bag, whatever you want. Do you want one with a, that's like serious, that, that won't break. <laughs> and we've got one for, for this backpack. Um, and do we have anybody else who, who maybe has kids or grandkids who aren't here today that you would like to take one home for them? Because we can do that. We've got a bunch. Like lots and lots. Oh yes, thank you. Also, we have our registration forms. Here, wait. Put you, this one will hold on better. Uh, we have our registration forms for Sunday school. So, if you are here now and you would like to register your child for Sunday school, please see Mr. Todd. Or, um, if you want to take a form home um, and fill it out, that is also absolutely acceptable. Um, but we want to have an idea of how many kids we're going to have, so we can make sure we have all the supplies and stuff we need 
for the 12th. Um, we like to be as prepared as we can. And I am going to put these up here. So if you even want to come get one afterwards, you can absolutely do that. And I believe Miss Dottie also made some flyers. Oh, yeah, I need our kids to come back here a second. Sorry, Pastor Michael did not look in the bag beforehand. This is what happens. I need you guys to each take one of these. And I want you to ask your parents, and again, I'll keep the extra ones up here for anyone else who wants one, but ask your parents to say that blessing with you either tonight before bed or tomorrow morning if you have time before school, okay? Um, and you can say it anytime you want. You can keep it with you. You can leave it at home, whatever works best for you. Um, and you can even share it with people, okay? Does that sound good? All right, one last thing. Do you know what we always got to do? Are you ready? We're going to do the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, Our Father who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses. As we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Awesome. I will be praying for all of you guys on your first day of school tomorrow. Have a great week. And don't forget, I'm guessing you've got Monday, next Monday, off of school. So don't forget everything you'll learn the first couple days. Because that's the fun of starting after Labor Day, or before. Oh, suckers, yeah. See what happens? Pastor Michael takes one Sunday off of vacation, and he forgets the whole thing. Nope. See, I didn't get lost on the way here, so that's a good, good sign. All right. If you look in your bulletin under our prayer requests, um, you will see we are continuing to pray for Fred Bauman. Um, who has been transferred to uh, St. Louis um, for rehabilitation following the car crash uh, that he was in. Um, continued prayers for Wilda and Paul. Uh, again, they always love visitors. Just call first to make sure uh, they're not, uh, that she's not doing her rehab work. Um, as it was mentioned, uh, Nancy Warren has passed on, so we are keeping her prayer or her family in our prayers during this time of mourning. Um, but it was really, really good to see her the last Sunday she was able to come. We continue to pray for the family of Dee Warner, who's still missing since the end of April. 
Uh, continued prayers for uh, David's neighbor uh, who had a house fire and lost everything. She's a single mom with two little ones. Are there any updates? He stepped out. Okay. Um, prayers for uh, Laurel, um, the daughter of a friend of the Randolphs. Um, she is struggling with an eating disorder and severe depression um, at the age of 14. So prayers uh, for her to to heal and be able to work through that. Uh, prayers of comfort are needed for Crystal and Dean. Uh, it's Luann's daughter. Crystal's grandmother has passed away last Sunday, and Dean's uh, nephew, who was only 17, died in a car accident last Saturday. Um, so we need a lot of prayers there. Their family... Um, has had a rough, rough couple of days. Um, prayers for Sheila's friend Mike, who has been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Uh, prayers for Corey Jordan and family. It's Luann's nephew. His mother passed away. Um, also, prayer for Andrea and Ken Boley's daughter, uh, Hannah. Uh, she is having knee surgery on. Thursday, Tuesday, sorry, um, uh, her ACL uh, and the tendon need to be repaired. Um, that is, uh, the surgery itself isn't the worst thing, it's the recovery and the rehab, so uh, please keep them all in your prayers as well. If you would join me in an attitude of prayer. Oh, and we're going to do the responsive thing again. Um, so this time, when I say, O Lord our God, have mercy, you will say, and wipe away our tears. So, O Lord our God, have mercy. And wipe away our tears. Perfect. All right. Watching for a new heaven, waiting for a new earth, we pray to the Lord, saying, O Lord our God, have mercy. We pray for the church. Transform this broken body into a communion of saints, company of the faithful, working for good in your world. O Lord our God, have mercy. And wipe away our tears. We pray for the world. Destroy the shroud of death that is spread over the nations. Replace the rule of wealth and war with your realm of justice and peace. O Lord our God, have mercy. And wipe away our tears. We pray for this community. Make your home among us. Dwell with us in this place. Let it be a city of heavenly peace, a place of refuge for all. O Lord our God, have mercy. And wipe away our tears. We pray for loved ones. Soothe those who are suffering. Comfort those who mourn. Let us be glad and rejoice in the gift of your salvation. O Lord our God, have mercy. And wipe away our tears. As you have sustained your saints through centuries of service, keep us faithful here and now until your will is done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
God has promised to make us, make of us a new creation, laying to rest the former things, making all things new. Trusting in God's grace, let us confess our sin. If you would please join me in our prayer of confession. Almighty Lord and God, in Jesus Christ, you came from heaven to dwell among us, calling us to be your faithful people. Yet we remain shrouded in sin. We hurt and disgrace ourselves. We abuse and destroy one another. We dishonor your holy name. Forgive us, unbind us, and let us go so that we may stand among your saints, rejoicing in your saving grace through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Please take a few moments for silent prayer and confession. Listen, the one who is seated on the throne says, See, I am making all things new, and now it is finished. Hear the good news. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please join me in the affirmation of faith, the Apostles' Creed, Creed Ecumenical version found on page 882. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The second scripture reading today is Psalm 24, Entrance into the Temple of David, a psalm. The earth is the Lord's, and all that is in it, the world and those who live in it. For he has founded it on the seas and established it on the rivers. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord, and who shall stand in his holy place? Those who have clean hands and pure hearts, who do not lift up their souls to what is false and do not swear deceitfully, they will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from the God of their salvation. Such is the company of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. Selah, lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, 
O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts, he is the King of glory, Selah. The word of God for the people of God, and you say? Thanks be to God. And your next hymn is Take My Life and Let It Be, found on page 399 in your hymnals. Please rise as you are able. seated. Our third scripture reading for today comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 11, verses 17 through 44. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had been laid, had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, while Mary stayed at home. 
Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were there with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and his feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. This is the gospel of the Lord. And you say, praise to you, Savior Jesus Christ. If you would please join me again in an attitude of prayer. Holy God, creator of life, you call us out of our dark places, offering us the grace of new life. When we see nothing but hopelessness, you surprise us with the breath of your spirit. Call us out of our complacency and routines. Set us free from our self-imposed bonds and fill us with your spirit of life compassion, and peace. In the name of Jesus, your anointed one, we ask. And now may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, this morning we are concluding our sermon series, No Perfect People Allowed. Over the last two months, we have looked at the lives the stories, and the people of Jacob, David, Paul, 
Miriam, Sarai, and Gideon. Each of these people had some glaring imperfections that could have, and in some cases did, caused some big challenges for them and the people around them in their lives. But in each of the stories about these people that we focused on, God was able to overcome their imperfections, so much so that God was still able to use each of these people to accomplish some truly amazing things. Jacob was a cheater. David, well, depending on how you read the scripture, either had an affair or was a murderer and a rapist, or somewhere in between all those things. Paul was a murderer or at the very least an oppressor of the early church. Miriam was a gossip. Sarai was impatient. And Gideon, he questioned God. Each of these people suffered from character flaws that either led to their imperfections or were their imperfections themselves. But our person for today that we'll be focusing on Lazarus, well, his situation's a little bit different. He was dead. Now, now a cheater can work to overcome the urge to always get what they want. Um, someone who commits adultery can work to overcome the urges that cause them not to remain faithful. Someone who causes oppression to others can be taught to consider the lives of other people and see the results of what their actions are doing. A gossip can be shown the impact of their words on the lives of others. People who are impatient can at least potentially learn to, to wait. Those who question God can work to strengthen their faith and their trust in God. But being dead there's really not anything that someone who is dead can do themselves to change that situation, unless, of course, you're the Son of God, both human and divine. Jesus really is the only exception to this rule. Everyone except for Jesus who is dead, uh, they're not able to, to change that reality. So the story for today and how we look at it may end up being quite different than the last couple weeks. Lazarus died from being sick. We can't really hold him accountable for dying and then for staying dead. It's not exactly a character flaw. Now when we enter our story, we find in the first verse, number 17, that when Jesus arrives, he finds out that Lazarus had been in the tomb for four days. Now, as many of you may have noticed in uh, your own reading of scripture or from sermons or Bible studies, it's really not often that we find these random statements in scripture that aren't there to offer some additional meaning. Um, even if it's not written like in perfect clarity um, in the text itself. The most common reason for that is that the original readers and the intended audiences, they would have known what those meanings were because they were living in the time when those things were being used and talked about and were part of their context. 
But here, this mention of the four days, it actually holds some really important significance. It wasn't just a random comment that the you know, that John just threw in there as he was writing. You see, the traditional Jewish burial customs of that time made four days important. The general belief of the Jewish people at that time was that the spirit of the person who had died would hover around the body for three days in anticipation of some possible way to re-enter the body and continue on in life. But it was also believed that on that third day, the body would lose its color and the spirit of the deceased would be locked out of returning to the body. And once locked out, the spirit would need to enter the chambers of Sheol or the place of the dead. So the fact that Jesus gets there on the fourth day would indicate that those people who were mourning the loss of Lazarus would have already lost any hope that his spirit might somehow re-enter his body and and come back to life. But they weren't planning on Jesus, or in some cases even aware how his presence might make a difference. Now when Martha hears that Jesus is coming, she rushes out to meet him while Mary stays in the house. This is really important and interesting because we are seeing a complete flip of Martha and Mary's attitudes from another place in scripture. There's a time when Jesus visits Mary and Martha and during that time Martha is so focused on the meal and the tradition of hosting a guest she gets upset and basically tells Jesus to like scold her sister Mary because Mary is breaking tradition and sitting at the feet of Jesus listening to what he's saying. But this time, Martha is the one who's breaking tradition in a radical way. Again, the customs of that time, the mourning family, they would remain seated in the house and the guests would come and sit in silence with them, periodically supporting those who are grieving with sympathetic tears and maybe moans. So Mary follows that tradition of her people. Mary stays. Martha goes against the tradition and runs out to meet Jesus as he is approaching where they live. Now, when Martha gets to Jesus, come across some interesting dialogue. There are some people who interpret Martha's words to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died, as a condemnation of Jesus for not being there when her brother Lazarus was sick. Essentially, there are people who read this as, it's your fault, Jesus, that Lazarus has died because you weren't here and you didn't do something. But that's not a really correct or good way to be reading this. Her words really should be understood as an indication of her strong confidence in the relationship that Jesus has with God, and that in spite of her resignation to Lazarus's death, somehow Jesus would still be understanding of the plight of her and Mary's mourning. 
So instead of it being it's your fault, what Mary or what Martha was really saying was, I know because I believe in you and who you are and what you are and your relationship with God that if you had been here when it happened or when he was sick, you could, you know, it wouldn't have gone down that way. So this is more a vote of her confidence in Jesus in recognizing who he was. When Jesus speaks with Mary a little bit later on, she says the same thing to him about Lazarus not dying if Jesus had been there. And again, we, we can assume she's coming from the same place as Martha was um, in saying that. And then in verse 33, it says, When Jesus saw her crying and the Jews who had come with her crying also, he was deeply disturbed and troubled. One of the things that this... This sentence shows is a very strong side of the humanity of Jesus. The divine side of Jesus would know that Lazarus, as dead, had gone on to a better place and that everything was going to be okay and work out just fine. But the human side of him saw the impact that the death of Lazarus was having on those who loved him, and it really affected him. Then in verse 35, it says, Jesus began to cry, or in some translations, Jesus wept, the shortest uh, passage in the Bible. And again, here we are seeing that humanity of Jesus in what may be the simplest yet most powerful terms. Jesus wept. The human and the divine, the Son of God, the King of kings, Lord of lords, wept for the death of of Lazarus. And prior to this event, when you look in scripture, Lazarus isn't really talked about. We know that he's the brother of Mary and Martha, and they make several appearances during the time of Jesus' ministry in different situations. But Lazarus wasn't one of the twelve. And yet, Jesus' reaction here might make us think that they had been very close, Jesus and Lazarus. Verse 36 even says that the Jews who were there said, see how much he loved him. The truth is, we don't know what kind of relationship Jesus and Lazarus may have had. It's very possible that because he was the brother of Martha and Mary, Jesus knew him at some greater level than just a stranger. But we don't really know. He is not mentioned prior to his death, so we can't really know what kind of relationship he and Jesus may have had. Or, for the gospel writers, how much they knew about a relationship that Jesus and he have made had. They could have been pretty good friends, but because Jesus was out and about quite a bit, the disciples might not have even been aware of what that relationship was. We just don't know. What we can say at minimum, though, is that the way Jesus reacted in the situation is a reflection of his humanity, and it strengthens the argument and support of the dual humanity and divinity that was Jesus Christ. And then, as if to help 
balance that duality, Jesus performs a miracle that could only be done by the power of the divine. Jesus makes them remove the stone from in front of the tomb in which Lazarus was laid. Excuse me. He looks up towards the heavens and says, Father, thank you for hearing me. I know you always hear me. I say this for the benefit of the crowd standing here so that they will believe that you sent me. Even Jesus sees the opportunity here to strengthen this understanding of human and divine. And then he shouts in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! And that's just what happens. Lazarus comes out. His hands are still tied, his feet still bound, and his faith face still covered with the burial cloth. And when he comes out, Jesus tells them to untie him and let him go. And there's good reason for this. The burial traditions of the Jewish people were, were not quite as intrusive as, say, the Egyptians, where organs were removed from the body. But they were still effective and intricate. Lazarus would have struggled trying to get out of the tomb with his hands bound together, his face covered, his feet tied. So Jesus told the people who were there to, to help him. So how amazing is this? Lazarus was dead. And I mean like dead, dead. Four days dead. It wasn't that he was unconscious or sleeping. He was dead. And yet God still uses him for something amazing. God uses Lazarus in his state of being dead to help show the power and promise of Jesus Christ. He used Lazarus to show both the human and the divine side of Jesus Christ. He used Lazarus so that Jesus could bring him back to life and show the power that Jesus held over death. So as I think about all these people that we've talked about and their imperfections that they were dealing with, and then I think about Lazarus, I have to kind of pause. Lazarus was dead. God still found a way to use him to accomplish something incredible. And we, all of us sitting here, those listening on the radio in their cars, those listening on the call-in number or the podcast, we are alive. Now, if you haven't had your coffee yet this morning, you might disagree with that statement. I've only had one cup, so I'm kind of there myself. But in all seriousness, we are alive. If God can use someone who was dead to show the power of Jesus to the people who didn't yet believe, think of what God can do with us. God can use us to show the love of Jesus and God by the actions we perform, by the words that we say. God can use us to show kindness and caring to others. God can use us 
and already is in many cases to help feed the hungry, help the poor, free the oppressed, and honestly, who knows what else? We are a resurrection people. We believe in the life to come. Even when we may feel dead inside, or maybe we're struggling with something in our lives, we can always turn to God. Lazarus was dead, and yet he still played such an important role in the story of the ministry of Jesus. And while Jesus may not be physically present with us today in the same way he was then, at least to the best of our knowledge, Jesus is with us right now. He's here in this space. He's everywhere. He's in our hearts. He's all around us. And he's waiting for us to act. He is waiting for us to put aside our imperfections, whether perceived or true, and listen to how God is calling us to act. God took all those imperfect people we've talked about and then thousands and thousands of more throughout time and history and found ways to use them to accomplish some just amazing things. And look at us. What a ragtag group of ragamuffins, huh? I'm sorry, I've been dying to use that word in the sermon. We've got the young, we have the old. We've got tall and short. We've got big and small. In many regards, we have a pretty diverse group of people. None of that really matters, though. What matters is if we are willing to listen to what God is calling us to do. What matters is if we are willing to open our hearts to God. What matters is if we are willing to be Christians. And I say that recognizing that we could spend all day debating what it means for someone to be a real Christian. It's not what we're doing right now, and that is not my point. There are two or three key attributes, in, in my opinion, in my belief, that really matter in claiming to be a Christian and to be a Christian. In addition to believing in Jesus Christ and his suffering, death, and resurrection, and the salvation that we get from that, there are one or two other major things that we need to remember. Christianity is not a spectator sport. Christians are not supposed to sit on the sidelines waiting for someone else to do something or for something magically to spring up in front of us. God is calling all of us right now this very minute and waiting for us to act. And one of those other really key important things that goes with that when I say to act is to love. There are places in scripture that talk about if I speak without love, my words are meaningless. If I 
try to do something good, but without love, it's meaningless. It's the same thing. As United Methodists, we claim the mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Then we have to ask, are we doing that? I mean, are we really doing that? I'm not saying we're not. I'm asking you to think about it. The time to act is now. Not sometime in September, not later this week, not even later today, now. God is calling us to action, to love, to share the good news of Jesus Christ, to tell the world of God's endless love and freely given grace for all of creation. And I pray that we all are willing to do that. Amen. Our praise song this morning comes from a group called Sonic Flood. The name of the song is Lord, I Lift Your Name on High, which many of you probably know. Um, This is just their rendition of it. Uh, The words are uh, in your bulletin. Again, as always, you are invited to stand if you would like, dance, move around, sing along, whatever may be in your heart, in your body, in your soul at this moment. I invite you, though, to at least listen to the lyrics, read through them um, as we hear this song. You came from heaven's earth to show the way from the earth to the cross, my debt to pay. From the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky, Lord, I lift your name on high. You came from heaven to earth to show the way, from the earth to the cross, my debt to pay. From the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky, Lord, I lift your name on high. You came from heaven to earth to show the way, from the earth to the cross, my death to pay. From the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky, Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. I'm so glad you're in my So glad you came to save us. You came from heaven to earth to show away from the earth to the cross. My debt to pay from the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky. Lord, I lift your name on high. 
Beloved children of God, with a loud voice, Jesus said, Lazarus, come out. So he calls us now to go forth in faith and love, living each day as a gift of God's grace, proclaiming the gospel in word and deed. May the Lord our God, the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, be with you this day and forevermore. Amen.